Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Bing Crosby Show from the 1948-1949 season. As well as following that, we have the Al Jolson Show uh, on Craft Music Hall and then Railroad Hour with Gordon McRae. Tonight we have some excellent guests. Our first guests on the Bing Crosby Show are Dorothy Kirsten, who is an opera singer, also appears quite a few times with Gordon McRae on the Railroad Hour. Also is Bert Lahr. And Bert Lahr is most famous for being the Cowardly Lion on The Wizard of Oz, but he did a lot of things in radio, um, did a lot of things in, in movies, television, just all-around great actor. Following that, we, of course, have the Al Jolson's uh, Craft Music Hall with Oscar Levant and guest Victor Mature, which should be a lot of fun to hear Victor Mature with them. And then following that, we have the Railroad Hour with Rudy Valley as the guest on there. And Rudy Valley, a famous actor, famous for being in radio and introducing us in early radio shows to a lot of other great radio performers. So a great night of entertainment overall. I hope you're going to enjoy all of it. And uh, we'll see you next time. I love the high quality sound we have tonight and a lot of references to Thanksgiving, which is kind of cool. So enjoy. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend as well. And we'll see you next time. Oh, by the way, it's 2018 if you're hearing this sometime in the future. Anyway, take care. Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day Someone waits for me Welcome you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Conlon's Rhythm Airs and Bing's guests, Miss Dorothy Kirsten and Mr. Bert Lahr. And now at the height of this Thanksgiving season, here's Philco's groaning gobbler, Bing Crosby. Thank you, Ken, but you're jumping the gun a little there. I won't groan until after dinner tomorrow. <laughs> I think you better groan a little tonight or you won't be able to afford a dinner tomorrow. Oh, See? don't you worry, Ken. I'll be the favorite in the knife and fork sweepstakes tomorrow. <laughs> oh, is that yes, so? sir. Could I have the same old turkey, I suppose? No, this year we got a new one. Big live tom turkey. Bing, where'd you get this big turkey? Oh, it followed me off the sunset bus the other night. Oh, no. <laughs> What in the world were you doing on the sunset bus? I was looking for turkeys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to do the axe job on the bird, Bing? Harry Truman. If he can kill an elephant, a bird will be a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> you better do it yourself. No, no, you won't catch me swinging no axe. Why not? I'm too fond of my toes. You know, they might revive that song, Dance Ballerina Dance, and I'll need them. Oh, I've will. got to be right up on my... Say, you know, how I killed, uh, you know how I killed my turkey last year, Bing? No, how? Well, I filled my Mixmaster bowl with corn, yeah. and when the turkey came over to peck at it, I flipped the switch and whirled him to death. <laughs> what a way to go, huh? <laughs> I bet the feathers are really flying. Was the turkey tender? Well, I don't know. He hasn't come down yet. Can <laughs> this conversation, no matter how engrossing, can only lead to one thing. Aha, a song, I'll bet. Inevitably. The rhythm airs, John Scott and all of us have a very slick samba called Quanto la Gusta. Trotter, Arise. Trotter. Oh, bow, bow, 
We gotta get going. Where we going? What are we gonna do? We're on our way to somewhere. The five of us and you. When we see them, we'll be there. What'll be the big surprise? There may be senoritas with dark and flashing eyes. We're on our way. Pack up your packs. And if we stay, we won't come back. How can we go? We haven't got a dime. But we're going, and we're gonna have a happy time. <laughs> Now someone said they just got back from somewhere A friend of mine that I don't even know He said there's lots of fun if we can get there If that's the case That's the case That's the place That's the place The place we want to go I'll take a train. You take a train. You grab the boat. Don't want a boat. I'll take a plane. Off we go. Then ride a goat. What goat? <laughs> we don't care. We neither walk or climb. But we're going and we're gonna have a happy time. Well, many, many thanks, Bing and boys and girls. That was kind of exciting. I'm Wasn't sure it, it got everybody all keyed up for my Philco commercial. Oh, by the way, Ken, I meant to ask you, do you know who America's first announcer was? Well, let's see. Was it Don Wilson? No, goes back farther than that. Well, Don goes back pretty far. Don goes pretty far in all directions. <laughs> <laughs> but the first commercial announcer in this country was John Alden. John Alden? Mm -hmm. You mean the pilgrim? Yep, he went over to Priscilla Mullins' house and pitched a plug for Captain Standish. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he spoke for miles. Yeah, and ever since, you guys have gone on speaking for miles. Oh, and miles away. And miles. Not this time, Bing. And speaking for Philco, our best commercial isn't speaking at all. It's listening to those great new Philcos at your dealer. Drop in now and discover Philco's amazing album-length record player. Folks, this is a real four-star dilly and a natural for Christmas giving. For just $29.95 or $31.50 in the West, this new Philco record player will equip your present radio or phonograph, old or new, to play the sensational 45-minute record. It gives you the slow-speed turntable you need for long-playing records, plus Philco's marvelous balanced fidelity tone arm for the most flawless reproduction in the history of recorded music. And get this, Philco's album-length record player will even play 45-minute records over a table radio that doesn't have a phonograph. Get yours now and enjoy the greatest phonograph advance of the century from Philco, the leader. The popular conception of an opera star is always shot full of holes when we of the laity first encounter the tall, slender beauty who was a brilliant star of the Metropolitan Opera. A concert artist of renown and a recording artist whose shellacs sell right along with all the great popular artists, ladies and gentlemen, the very charming Miss Dorothy Kirsten. say the nicest thing. Oh, well, Dorothy, it's easy to say nice things about nice people. Besides, we want you to feel welcome here in Radio Land. Oh, I've been in radio before, Bing. Yeah? Nelson, Eddie, and I took Al Jolson's place on the air this summer. 
the two of you? Took two of us to sing as many songs as Jolson does. <laughs> <laughs> that Jolie really has unlimited energy, hasn't he? I hear he recorded 40 songs for his new movie, Jolson Sings Again. Of course, there'll only be about 17 on the screen when the picture comes out. What are they going to do with the rest of them? They're going to play them in the popcorn machine in the lobby. <laughs> Every bag of popcorn, you get a tune. <laughs> I can't wait to hear you made me love you in a paper sack. <laughs> <laughs> When the red, red robin comes a pop, pop, popping along. <laughs> With butter and salt. I'm on a stick. You know, Ving, hmm? Al told me that he always had a secret ambition to sing in the opera. Soap or horse? No, Bing. <laughs> Grand opera. That'd be a good program for him, too. Grand old opera. <laughs> uh, so, but you, you really, you gotta hand it to Jolson. And if you do, he'll take it. <laughs> if you don't, he'll grab it. <laughs> Dorothy, I don't want to be abrupt or brusque right in through here, but I'd, uh, might I ask uh, what you'd like to sing for us tonight? Certainly, Bing. What'd you like to hear? Something popular or something classical? Well, what have you got in the popular line? Well, let's see. How about, you made me love you in a paper sack? <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to do something a little more on the classical side. All right. Would you like to hear Ouverton Cœur by Bizet? Oh, I'd love to hear that. Again or for the first time? <laughs> I don't know. You sing it, and I'll tell you if I've heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope John Scott Trotter's heard it before. Oh, he's heard everything. John, do you know Ouvre Ton Coeur by Bizet? Sorry, I've never heard of it or him. Uh, <laughs> here we are back in the paper sack. <laughs> oh, well, we'll muzzle through it somehow, John. Shall we try it? As John Scott Trotter ascends the podium and the house lights dim, a high-class hush falls over the audience. Mr. Trotter raises his baton, which is easy for a big fellow like him, to accompany Miss Dorothy Kirsten in the area Ouvre Ton Coeur from the opera when the Red Red Robin comes pop. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Dorothy. That was really a thrill. Please don't go away now because I want you and the rest of the folks here this evening to say hello to our second guest of the evening. Here's one of the musical comedy's stage's greatest contributions to happiness. The hilarious buffoon who has rolled them in the aisles on Broadway, left them limp in the picture palaces, and panicked the populace through their filcos. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for the preposterous Mr. Bert Lahr. Bust out here and bend it, Bert. Come on right out here, boy. Thank you, Mr. Crosby. Just a minute there, Bert. What's this Mr. Crosby routine? You call me Bing. I can't. It's too vulgar. <laughs> what are you giving me? Vulgar. Everybody calls me Bing. That's my name. That's not a name. That's a sound effect. <laughs> it sounds like a tall man dropping a penny in a short tin cup. You know, oddly enough, that's how I got the name. When I first started singing, people dropped pennies in my cup. It's a good thing you didn't sing in my neighborhood. They dropped nothing but lead quarters. Today, you'd be known as Clunk Crosby. <laughs> in some circles, I am, Bertram. <laughs> What are you doing out here in the West Coast? I came out here to see my girl. Oh, she got a home here in Hollywood? No, she lives in a duck blind near Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> a duck blind? What does she do? She's a retriever. <laughs> she swims out and gets ducks for the hunters. <laughs> Sounds like a terribly clever girl. How tall is she? I don't know. I never seen her out of the water. Oh, you're, you're kidding. What does she look like? Don't you have a picture of her? Sure, sure. Here, here's one right here. Say, she's got a nice trim figure, but she's got an awfully blank expression on her face. You're looking at your thumb. <laughs> lift up, Bing, oh, lift yeah, oh, up. Oh, yeah. oh, she's not so bad. Say, she's got beautiful eyes, one right on top of the other. It... Turn the picture around. Oh, sorry. Oh, say, she's... Certainly a petite little thing, isn't she? How, how much does she weigh? 236 pounds. Oh, come now. 236 pounds. A skinny little thing like this? Well, she's full of buckshot. <laughs> <laughs> Say, a girl like that full of lead would make a darn good blackjack, yeah. wouldn't <laughs> Yeah, during the summer, she's an anchor on a live bait boat. <laughs> She must be a doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say, look, the duck season will be open again out here the end of next month. I may be able to use your friend. Get your own girls. Get your <laughs> own girls. <laughs> Outside of romance, Bert, what really is your reason for being out here in Flickerville? Well, haven't you heard? Mm -mm. Don't you read the papers? Mm -hmm. Don't you listen to Luella? <laughs> well, sure, but what's the news? Republic Studio is making a one reel short of my life. <laughs> well, congratulations. Where's yeah. the picture open? What period? Well, uh, you see, the picture starts during the Civil War. Well, if your life story opens in that period, you must be a lot older than you look. Is that possible? <laughs> I doubt it, but when were you born? I don't know. It was before my time. I don't... <laughs> well, do you remember where you were born? Sure, on the stage of the Broadhurst Theater in New York City. Oh, you mean backstage? No, on stage. You can ask my twin sister. Your twin sister? Yeah, mother had to do an encore. <laughs> I, never, I, 
I never realized you were so close to the theater, Bert. Why, you were practically a headliner from the beginning. No, that's not true, Bing. No. I tried a lot of jobs before I turned to the stage, but I knew I was meant to be an actor when I got my first smell of grease. Oh, you mean grease paint? No, grease. I was a fry cook at the time. <laughs> And that's when you turned to the footlights? Yeah, but it wasn't easy at first. It was pretty tough. I know. We all had it rough. Well, it was so tough for me for years, I had to make my own mascara. I still do. <laughs> I made mine out of blueberries and chicken fat. <laughs> <laughs> On a hot day, you must have smelled like Barney Dean's delicatessen. <laughs> Bing, I was irresistible. I can imagine. <laughs> But finally, Bing, after long years of hard work, I became a star in burlesque. Oh, in the old days, burlesque was really something. Yeah, it sure was a great school for comics. You know, Bert, the funniest guys of all to me were the Dutch comics. Like Louis Mann and Sam Bernard and, and Weber and Field. Hey, can you remember those fellows? My dad told me about them. Oh. <clears throat> Say... <laughs> yeah, how about the two Dutch comedians who were always meeting right in the middle of the stage and getting into an argument? We can start right now. Mm -hmm. You start from the side of the stage over here, and I'll start from this side. Okay. Okay. And we meet right in the center. Right in the center. Here right we here. go. Well, if it ain't Schultz the butcher. Hello, Rudolph. <laughs> you know something, Rudolph? Hypnotism is the elixir of life. Who does? Who does what? Licks his wife. <laughs> Ach, you stinker. <laughs> in one second, I stick my eye right in your finger. Holy cheese on crackers for a temper he got here. <laughs> <But> a dialect. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, look, Schultz, I have for you a riddle. You know what is it, a riddle? Yeah, my papa, he plays one in the orchestra. <laughs> now pay, please, attention here for what I say. What is the difference between an automobile, a sire, and a monkey? <laughs> that is good. That is comical. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, please. You haven't heard yet the finish. That's funny enough for me. I don't want to hear the <laughs> That is good. Now you have to hear the griddle. All right. I hear the riddle. What is the difference between an automobile, a sire, and a monkey? I don't know. What is the difference? Well, an automobile is two deer. Oh, that is good. That is side-splitting. <laughs> a sire is oh deer. A sire is oh, you are a circus. <laughs> A fire, oh dear. Uh, and a monkey? Yes, the monkey. The monkey is you, dear. You, you said it. <laughs> the monkey is me. <laughs> Who's the monkey? <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's please, the monkey? Please, clam yourself. Clam yourself. Here comes the Irishman. You spring the riddle on him. Hmm? Does the Irishman know anything about it? Not an innuendo. Good. Hiya, boys. Hey, where's the Irishman? He's home smiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is this? My name is Dorothy Kirsten. All right, all right. I tell her, huh? <laughs> Miss Kirschbaum... Yeah, but wait, wait. <laughs> it's not Baum, it's Sten. Sten. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Stenschbaum... <laughs> I... oh, Sten, do me. Oh, Sten. What's the matter with you? Miss Lady. <laughs> what is the difference? Oh, listen, come here. Look out. Get it right I'm now, ashamed to do it. <laughs> This will split her wide open. <laughs> Go ahead, Jules. Tell it now. What is the difference between an automobile, a zai, and a monkey? I don't know. What is the difference between an automobile, a zai, and a monkey? Well, oh, must I do it? <laughs> well, an automobile costs too much money. <laughs> a zai is, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> 
and the monkey. The monkey. The monkey is you, dear. You can say that again. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Rudolph! <laughs> oh, it's all over, Bert. Take it easy. Bert, I really don't know just what's going on. All this was before my time. Mine, too. <laughs> well, if you're going to be that way about it, mine, too. <laughs> Bert, don't you think, in as much as we have Dorothy Kirsten here with us, that we should do something uh, operatic? Well, uh, uh, well, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Will you set the scene, Mr. Carpenter? Mr. Carpenter? Yes, mister. We're trying to get high class here. Oh, very well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kirsten, Mr. Crosby, and Mr. Lahr will now sing the familiar trio from the finale of Ludwig Zauffer's compelling opera, Der Kranzkuker, which was written in 1851. The scene we're about to hear is the thrilling climax, which brings about the murders of the three principals, who for years have been beset by the tragedies of jealousy, suspicion, and distrust. The Baroness, as sung by Miss Kirsten, enters the hunting lodge of the arrogant nobleman, Count von Munz, as sung by Mr. Lahr, to find him in a death struggle with a young Tyrolean shepherd boy, as sung by Mr. Crosby. <laughs> Here, then, is Wir sind wieder alle zusammen from the Kranzkuchen. <laughs> that you land in jail, I'm your bail. It's friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgot. Ours will still be hot. If you're ever up a tree, phone to me. If you're ever down a well, ring my bell. If you ever lose your teeth and you're out to dine, borrow mine. It's friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgot. Ours will still be great. La da 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 chuck chuck chuck. If they ever black your eyes, put me wise. If they ever cook your goose, turn me loose. When you get back to New York. <laughs> if they ever put a bullet through your brain, I'll complain. It's, it's friendship, friendship. 
just a perfect bland ship when other friendships have been forgiven. Ours will still be. That was great, Dorothy Burton Bing. Well, you know, you left out a great catch line. What was that, Ken? If you ever catch on fire, send a wire? No, no. What? You ever want a Thrillco, get a Philco. Oh, yes. What's the thrilling news? Well, Bing, the new Philcos are the most thrilling radio phonographs in history. On the level, folks, something new has been added to phonographs, and you can't say you've ever really heard recorded music till you've listened to a Philco playing the new 45-minute record. Now, take, for instance, Philco's new table combination. Thanks to an entirely new kind of tone arm, Philco's Balanced Fidelity Reproducer, this table model gives you full-tone fidelity without any distortion from those long-playing vinylite records. It's so lifelike, you'd never even know a record was playing. And record scratch? Well, say you just don't hear it. But don't take our word for it. Take a listen for yourself at your Philco dealer now. You'll find this new Philco table combination is actually two phonographs in one with two different tone arms and two speeds on the turntable plus an automatic changer for your regular records and a powerhouse radio. It's a sensational new value and a potent idea for Christmas giving from Philco, famous for quality the world over. Would you care to join me in this, Dorothy? I'd love to, Bing. A cigarette that bears a lipstick's traces An airline ticket to romantic places and still my heart has wings These foolish things remind me of you A tinkling piano in the next apartment Those stumbling words that told you what my heart meant A fairground painted swing These foolish things Remind me of you You came You saw You conquered me When you did that to me I knew somehow This had to be The winds of March that made my heart a dancer A telephone that rings But who's to answer? Oh, how the ghost of you clings These foolish things Remind me of you First daffodils and long Cables. And candlelights on little corner tables And still my heart has wings These, These foolish things remind me of you The park at evening when a bell has sounded The Ile de France with all the girls 
daughter's springs These foolish things remind me of you How strange, how sweet to find you still These things are dear to me They seem to bring you near to me The scent of smoldering leaves The wail of steamers To lovers on the streets They walk like dreamers Oh, how the ghost of you clings Foolish things remind me of you. Thank you, Dorothy. It's been a wonderful evening. Well, I've enjoyed it, Bing. Me too. I hope Buddy De Silva was listening. Oh, I hope so too, Bert. <laughs> Who's with you next week, Bingo? Well, next week we have a very talented young man joining us, a fellow named Bob Crosby, a prominent soup salesman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, uh, he sings pretty good too. True, true. Oh, your brother Bob, he has the most gorgeous blue eyes. Well, so have I, and mine you can see. I don't have a big mop of hair hanging in. Got <laughs> <laughs> it right into my feet. Hey, right. who's going to be here next week to keep you and Bob apart? Peggy Lee. <laughs> Peg's going to make one of her very pleasant visits. Sounds like quite a show. Shall we listen? Oh, we'd appreciate it if you would, Dorothy. <laughs> Good night, Dorothy. Good night, Bing. Good night, Schultz. Good night, Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks, and thanks very much. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Bob Crosby and Peggy Lee. And remember, keep your eye on your Philco dealer now for the newest thing in radio phonographs from Philco, the leader. Starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring, and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, Victor Mature. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April showers come.
Good evening, folks. This is Al Jolson in the Old Crab Music Hall. Well, this is Thanksgiving Day, and I have many things to be thankful for. I'm thankful for this great country we live in. I'm thankful for my home and my family, and for the food we eat, and the happiness that is ours. And most of all, I'm thankful for that old gentleman who taught me how to sing, Bing Crosby. <laughs> And here is one of the first songs that the old Bingle taught me. Take it away. Has she got naughty eyes? Yes, she's got naughty eyes. That's certain, that's certain party. You know the one I mean. You know the one I mean. That's certain party of mine. Naughty eyes, turned up nose, rosy cheeks, pretty clothes. Not a smarty Has she got loving ways? She's got such loving ways That certain party of mine Can she make Venus schnitzel? Yes, she makes Venus schnitzel That certain, that certain party Can she make hot and pepper? Yes, she can make hot and pepper That certain party of mine Vina schnitzel, hot and pepper, hot kettle, sausage waffle. You must come over. Can she cook coffee cake? Yes, she cooks coffee cake. That's certain, that's certain, that's certain party of mine. Al, were you able to take some time off today to enjoy Thanksgiving? Sure, Oscar, and I had a wonderful day. This afternoon, we had what you call a real old-fashioned dinner out to my house. All the trimmings. Yes, sir, all the trimmings. We had pumpkin pie, cranberries, sweet potatoes, and three big gobblers. Three gobblers? Yeah, two turkeys and my father-in-law. Really, they were wonderful. <laughs> Al, there's so much talk about food on Thanksgiving. Yeah? I wonder if people remember the significance of the day. For instance, do you know why the pilgrims held the first Thanksgiving? Yes, I do. And ask you, look, don't go saying I know because I was here with the Indians to greet the pilgrims. Don't say that. I wasn't going to say that. Good. I was going to say that you were here to greet the Indians. <laughs> look, wait a minute, Oscar. Never mind with the age talk. For the last 30 weeks, every week, you talk about my age. Why do you have to mention it? I'm getting a little sick and tired of it. I'm not kidding. No, I'm serious. No offense, Al. Well, I don't like it, that's I, all. I, age, age, age. I, I'm sorry, Al. Yeah. Uh, I happen to notice your hair is getting awfully thin. So what? Who wants fat hair? <laughs> <laughs> now, look. For the last time, cut about the age, would you? Let's, let's not have any more of that. Let's change the subject. You're right. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Well, let's make it easy for me. Did you have a peaceful, nice Thanksgiving? How could I have a peaceful Thanksgiving at my house? I have three kids. Yeah? And the turkey only had two legs. <laughs> well, uh, Oscar, what did, you do to, what did you do to solve the problem? Well, I had to fool my youngest daughter yeah. by making her think the neck was another leg. <laughs> How'd you do that? I put a garter on it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, garters have fooled me a lot, too. I remember Gypsy... Ro well, anyway... <laughs> Oscar, look, with a big family like you have, uh, 
Was there any turkey left for you? Yes, I got the part that if a turkey could play the piano yeah. Would be on the bench <laughs> Well, look, Oscar, if you didn't get enough to eat You're welcome to come to my house We have plenty left over In fact, tomorrow, my little wife, my Earl She's going to start grinding up the turkey meat And stuffing it in frankfurter skins She puts turkey in frankfurter skins? Yeah, we just love turkey furters <laughs> Okay, no more recipes, Al I'm gonna play the piano I'm sorry, Oscar I'm gonna sing Well, how are we gonna settle this? We'll compromise I'll sing and you listen <laughs> Well, uh, I'll do better than that Yeah? I'll play It takes my mind off your singing Oscar, I'm sorry, wait Al Wait a minute, now, wait a minute, Oscar <laughs> Somehow you make Thanksgiving seem more like Well, Halloween But I'm not gonna fight with you, son Because I've eaten so much turkey today all I can sing is Lazy I want to be lazy I long to be out In the sun With no work to be done Under that awning They call the sky Stretching and yawning and let the world go drifting by I want to peep through the deep tangled wild wood Counting sheep till I sleep like a child would With a great big valise full of books to read where it's peaceful while I'm killing time Being lazy After today's splurge, many of you thrifty homemakers will be trying to help the food budget recover. Well, here's an excellent economy idea. Serve cheese main dishes often. Now, the price of cheese is down. And actually, ounce for ounce, there's no other basic food that matches cheese for high-quality complete protein, for calcium, phosphorus, and other nutrients from milk. So tomorrow, get some K-brand natural cheddar or some medium-mellow Kraft American or sharp old English brand for grand main dishes. And uh, here's an idea for about the day after tomorrow when you get down to picking the bones of that turkey. Serve the last of the leftovers in a rich cheese sauce. The folks will say that bird was swelled to the very last bite. Oscar. Oscar. You know you play the piano beautifully. But I was just thinking, what if the piano had never been invented? What would you be doing now? Inventing a piano? <laughs> Oscar, look, you try to give everyone the impression that you're a genius. Why should I fight it? It's too big for me. <laughs> just a minute, Oscar, you're not the only genius. Why, as long as 40 years ago, I carved my niche in the world, and I'll bet it's a nichier niche than your niche. Well, and uh, what, what have you accomplished that's so wonderful? Well, 
I started out as a small boy. And without any help from anybody, I became an old man. Al, I'll admit you've done some great things in the music world. Thank you, Esther. Why, if all the old songs you sang were laid end to end... Yeah? It'd be the best place for them. Oscar, one of the reasons I sing old songs is that they're usually the best. But I have one here that isn't so old. It's Rogers and Hart's Where or When. Please, Al, don't sing it. What? It's too young to die. <laughs> Why did we both have to be out of work at the same time? <laughs> All right, Oscar. Where or when... Here and now. It seems we stood and talked like this before. We looked at each other in the same way then. But I can't remember where or when. The clothes you're wearing are the clothes you wore The smile you are smiling, you are smiling then But I can't remember where or when Some things that happen for the first time Seem to be happening again And so it seems that we have met before And laughed before And loved before But who knows Where all That was great, Al. Please sing it again. Sing it again? Yeah, I mean it seriously. Thank you, Oscar. This is a day of Thanksgiving. Oscar's being nice. He asks me to sing it again. Who am I to fight it? <laughs> it seemed we stood and talked like this before. We looked at each other in the same way then. But I can't remember where or where. The clothes you're wearing are the clothes you wore. Oscar, why don't you ever change your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> Al, I wish once and for all you'd stop talking about my clothes. This is the best suit I ever had. And the first one. <laughs> well, I happen to be sentimental about old things. You may be sentimental about old clothes. But I'm sentimental about old songs. And right now, I've got a song to sing. It's entitled, The One I Love. That's me. <laughs> Belongs to somebody else. That's Mr. Kraft. <laughs> and I, that's me, yeah. shall accompany you on the piano, which belongs to somebody else. That's Mr. Steinway.
The one I love belongs to somebody else She means a tender song for somebody else And even when I have my arms around her I know her thoughts are strong for somebody else. The hands I hold belong to somebody else. I'll bet they're not so cold to somebody else. It's tough to be alone on the shelf it's worse to fall in love by yourself. The one I love belongs, belong, belong, belong to somebody else. Before you regain your... I'm sorry. Yeah. Can I do that again? Sure. Al, before you regain your breath... Yeah. Gee, that's hard. I would like to play a part of the third moment from the Tchaikovsky Concerto. All right, Oscar. While you're playing, I'll sing along with you. There are no words to the Tchaikovsky Concerto. Gee, I wish Peter Ilovich Tchaikovsky had met Johnny Mercer.
60 different Thanksgiving days, many an American feast menu has included the famous Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Perhaps today you had this creamy white cheese on your salad. Or maybe that clever cook at your house whipped up Philadelphia cream cheese with a little milk for a scrumptious, fluffy light topping on the pumpkin pies. This exquisitely fresh cream cheese is a real holiday tradition. It's so famous, in fact, that some people think that any cream cheese is Philadelphia cream cheese. Now, don't you make that mistake. Genuine Philadelphia is the brand made only by Kraft, the brand that's guaranteed fresh by Kraft. That's why it's important to see the name Philadelphia brand marked right on every package of cream cheese you buy. That's the way to get rich-tasting, fresh-tasting cream cheese every time. For a speedy dessert for tomorrow's dinner, how about crackers, jelly, and a square of that exquisitely fresh Philadelphia brand cream cheese? Uh, say, uh, has anyone seen that gorgeous hunk of man? Yes, here I am. No, 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 Al. No, I mean, uh, I mean Mr. Mature. Oh, Miss, oh, there are two hunks here tonight. Yes. <laughs> well, here's the one you're really talking about, Victor Mature. Victor, I honestly want to thank you for coming to the hall today. And though we mentioned gorgeous hunk of man, I understand you've graduated from that type of part, huh? Yeah, Al, my boss, Daryl Zanuck, finally took me away from Betty Grable and put me in pictures like Kiss of Death. Well, I'm going to tell you something that may surprise you, Victor. They wanted me to make a sequel to The Kiss of Death. It was going to be called uh, Pucker Up or Drop Dead. <laughs> Say, uh, Al, maybe they'll want you for a sequel to the picture I'm making now, Samson and Delilah. Oh, this, this may even surprise you more. Mr. DeMille spoke to me about playing the lead in that picture, you know. <laughs> what are you laughing at? He really oh, did Oh, I can just see you as the strong man, Samson Yeah? Your leopard skin bulging with vitamin pills <laughs> Well, he didn't want me to play Samson He wanted me to be Delilah <laughs> And I think I could have done it, too You know, Al, I don't think you're even strong enough to play Delilah Now listen, don't kid me about my strength Only this morning I stood on my head all the way down a flight of stairs On your head? Yeah Well, that's marvelous How'd you do it? My little boy left a roller skate at the top <laughs> You know, Al I didn't think you'd be interested in the dramatic part Well, Victor, I thought with that new medium television, you know There would be a new Al Jolson Boy, it's about time <laughs> Well, you can kid me all you want, but I'm serious Now, here's my first television play All written and ready It takes place in the yard of a big prison Warden Coppender is speaking to the men. Men, there's been a lot of unrest lately. Some of you seem to be getting tired of our little prison. Well, it's your own fault. When you committed the crime that sent you here to Sing Sing... How I love you, how I love you, my dear old Swanee. Shut up, shut up, Shaky Jolson. As I was saying, when you were sent here to Sing Sing... How I love you, how I love you, my dear old Swanee. Shut up, Shaky. Now, when you were sent here to Alcatraz... That stops me. <laughs> now, fellas, I'm warning you. You got to behave. And stop putting thumbtacks on the electric chair. That's all. Hey, Samson Mature. <laughs> what is it, Shaky? Don't worry about what the warden says. In a half an hour, we go over the wall, see? I thought we'd dig under the wall. How can we dig under the wall? My girl baked a cake with a steam shovel in it. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest darn cake you ever saw. Shaky. Hey, Samson. Here comes Fingers Levant. <laughs> hey, Fingers. Tonight's the night we bust out of prison. You coming with us? I would. 
Only I don't think I could get my piano through the bars. <laughs> You're yellow fingers. Yes, I always get yellow fingers from smoking. Fingers, you're a coward. Why, you're even a bigger coward than Shaky. No, he's not. Nobody's a bigger anything than Jolson. <laughs> but I only got ten more years, and I'll be free. So what? I only got five more years. Yeah, and I got a girl who promised to wait for me. And I know she's still waiting, because her husband wrote me and told me so. <laughs> well, I don't care about fingers, Levant. I've served long enough. Yes, I've served long enough, and I want to get out. How long have you been in prison, Shaky? Well, so far, I've served two life terms. <laughs> you know, I think I'll come with you. There's a guy I want to get. The guy who framed me into this place. Who is he? Jose Turby. <laughs> the rat. Thanks, Shaky. You got a good ear for music. Say, say, Fingers, I know where a Turby hangs out. A little joint called Carnegie Hall. Pipe down, fellas. Here comes Louis Brignatore. One of those mugs from the Patrillo mob. <laughs> Maybe he'll come with us. Hey, Brignatore, you know about the break? Yeah. You know the time? Yeah. Got a gat? Yeah. Coming with us? Nah. <laughs> Brignatore, you're crazy. Look, why don't you want to get out? Ah, the warden likes me. Every morning he gives me a basket of crumbs to feed the stool pigeon. <laughs> Never mind him. It's almost time. Let's get over near the wall. Now listen, this is the way we'll do it. I'll boost Shaky to the top, and he'll drop a rope to us. We'll go over, and there'll be a car waiting on the highway. How do you know there'll be a car waiting? There's always a car waiting in the prison pictures I've seen. <laughs> Now's our chance. The guards looking the other way. Boy, in about three minutes, we'll be out of Sing Sing. How I love you, how I love you, my dear old Swanee. Shut up, Shaky. Now, get up on my shoulder. <laughs> Gee, last week I was picking up Hedy Lamar. Shaky's on top of the wall. Throw down the rope. Shaky, for heaven's sake, throw down the rope. He's not throwing the rope down. Shaky, please. Don't double cross us. I've planned this break for years. Don't leave us here. Shaky, please, don't be a dirty rat. Shaky, please, please don't leave us here and sing, sing. How I love you, how I love you, my dear. Shut up, shut up, Shaky. Now, wait a minute, you guys. I'm not going to break the break, see? I'm not going to make a break. None of us is going to leave, see? Why not? Well, look at this newspaper I found on top of the wall. It says real estate prices at all-time high. Meat is going up and up. Big housing shortage. Well, what about it? I decided we'll stay in jail and save money. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in practically every community in the country, members of the Catholic, Protestant, and Jewish faiths are participating in the United Church Canvas by conducting their financial canvases simultaneously, much as social agencies do through community chests. The purpose of the simultaneous campaigns is not merely to raise money for the local churches and synagogues, but to increase the importance of religious institutions in American life and to create a feeling of brotherhood and a larger degree of practical cooperation among all faiths. You can aid the United Church Canvas by simply saying yes to your faith. Folks, on this Thanksgiving Day, I imagine many of you have stopped to think of the blessings you can be thankful for. Today, I give my sincerest thanks for the smiling little boy who toddles around my house. 
The song is for him and all others like him. Little pal, if daddy goes away, promise you'll be good from day to day. Do as mother says and never sin. Be the man your daddy might have been. Your daddy didn't have an easy start So here's the wish that's dearest to my heart What I couldn't be, little pal I want you to be Little pal, I want you to sing and to laugh and to play and be good to mother while daddy's away. Each night how I'll pray, little pal, that you'll turn out right, little pal. So till we meet again, heaven knows where or when, think of me now and then, little Century Fox, producers of the Technicolor Picture, When My Baby Smiles at Me, starring Betty Grable and Dan Daly. Tune in again next Thursday to the Kraft Music Hall, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, Peggy Lee. This is Ken Carpenter saying goodnight. Be sure to stay tuned to Dorothy Lamore and her guests on the Seal Test Variety Show, which follows immediately over most of these stations. <laughs> This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And from Hollywood, here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, your railroads, through the Association of American Railroads, present the romantic musical success, The New Moon, starring the host of our series, Gordon McRae, and two very famous guests, Miss Nadine Connor and Mr. Rudy Valley. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and the entire production is set to the music of Carmen Dragon's Orchestra, and brought to you by the American Railroads, that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is Gordon McRae. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gordon McRae helping to bring you another in our series of musical successes. And tonight, it's the famous Sigmund Romberg hit, The New Moon. In the role of the Lady Marianne, you will hear the charming Metropolitan Opera Soprano, Miss Nadine Connor. And as Alexander, Marianne's naive and amusing bond servant, we present that favorite of radio and screen, Mr. Rudy Valley. I, too, play a bond servant, a, a swashbuckling lad named Robert Misson, who sails to romance and high adventure on a ship called the New Moon. The year of our Lord, 1791. A dream of freedom and equality had caught spark and was beginning to glow in hearts that knew what to do with it. Men of France, here meeting with us tonight in this New Orleans tavern are bond servants like myself, sailors, craftsmen, scholars, all good men and true who have come to meet in secret because they want to live as free men and govern themselves. As most of you know, I was once considered a member of the French aristocracy, and I am possibly even more aware than you of the stupid cruelty of a society that tells the starving who beg for bread to eat cake. My friends, the day of kings is at its sunset. The sun is rising for men like you and me, who count freedom more important than life. If you come with me tonight, the plans are made for us to commandeer a ship and sail to the Caribbean to an island called the Isle of Pines. There we shall found a colony for the strong of purpose, the brave, the stout-hearted. Are you with me? Good. Give me some men who are stout-hearted men who will fight for the right they adore. Start me with ten who are stout-hearted men and I'll soon give you ten thousand more. Shoulder to shoulder and bolder and bolder they grow as they go to the fore. Nothing in the world can halt for my plan. When stout-hearted men can stick together, man to man. You who have dreams, if you act, they will be yours. To turn your dreams to a fact, it's up to you. 
If you have the soul and the spirit, never fear it, you'll see it through. Hearts can inspire other hearts with the fire. For the strong obey when a strong man shows them the way. We'll gather under the wharf at midnight. One ship in the harbor is loaded with supplies ready to sail with the tide. I believe many of you are already members of a crew, the New Moon. The New Moon? Well, the New Moon is a bride ship, round for Martinique. Well, we need brides to start a colony, don't we? All right, go about your duties quietly until midnight and speak no word of this. If we are found out, all hope is lost. Come, Alexander. Yes, Robert. Oh, take your last look at New Orleans, Alexander. By tomorrow, we'll be on the open sea. Julie is going to go with me. Alexander, when we left France, you told me you wanted to escape into a man's world. Well, myself, I like a man's world with women in it. <laughs> Alexander, you haven't a brain in your head. I know. I've had complaints about it before. Where are we going now? Going back to the house. Back to the house? Have you lost your senses? You know that the king's detectives, Rebo, is at the house. Have you forgotten the king has declared you a traitor and that Rebo is in New Orleans for the express purpose of returning you to France and the guillotine? Rebo has never seen me. All he knows is that I am a bond servant. He doesn't know which bond servant. And besides, he only arrived from France today. He will hardly trouble himself tonight with a ball going on. Look, I have a right to be stupid. I was born that way. But people expect more of you. It's a masked ball. In a costume and mask, it won't be much of a trick to slip in and join the guests. I'll have a dance with her before the midnight hour. Oh, Robert, I wish you wouldn't do things like this. Every time I think about it, my streaks turn yellow. Alexander, where's your stout heart? I'm a stout-hearted coward. Well, that's ridiculous. I know, but being a coward is so comfortable. No one ever expects anything of you. And you live so much longer. You'll never live to be old. I don't care if I live to be old so long as I can be young with... Marianne, I want to love you. Oh, Marianne, I want to love you, though I'm dead without a head. She's beautiful. Oh, all women are beautiful. That's the only justification for their existence. But she's beyond words, beyond description. She's... I know, I've heard this before. I know just what you'd like to say to Marianne. Oh, do you? Yes, listen. Marianne, I want to love you. I'll repeat it every day, dear. Marianne, I want to love you. It's a simple thing to say, dear. Were there more praises to sing and phrases to ring, I'd sing them to you. Let others doubt them who will. I would be still believing them true. And though you may never love me, 
I will never cease to woo you. Though you're flying high above me, I will try to fly up to you. I know the worry and strife that come with a wife, but here is a man who'd gladly give up his life to marry you, Marianne. Marianne, I want love. I repeat it every day. Marianne, I want love. It's a simple thing to say. I know the worry and strife that come with a wife, but here is a man who'd gladly give up his life. Who'd give up his life to marry? To marry? To marry? You marry Alex, we're almost to the door, she might hear you. Don't interrupt me when I'm singing so well. It's a simple thing to say, dear. Alexander, is that you singing? Yes, Mistress Marianne. How dare you sing like that under my window? I beg your pardon, Mistress, if the song offends you. Oh, I don't mind the song, Alexander. If you only wouldn't sing it through your nose. (laughs) Yes, I've had complaints about that before, too. Good evening, my mistress. Oh, good evening, Robert. Alexander, uh, you're needed in the kitchen. The guests are beginning to arrive. Yes, my lady. My time is your time. <laughs> oh, uh, Lady Mary Ann, uh, a word with you, please. Oh, yes, Monsieur Ribot. Oh, come into the library. So, that's the man who wants to send me to the guillotine. Mm, sing through my nose, do I? I'll take my chance with Monsieur Ribot. Just because she doesn't have any adenoids. <laughs> come, Alexander, quick. I want you to help me dress for the ball. Alexander! Oh, Julie! Oh, Alexander! Oh, Julie! Oh, Alexander! Oh, Julie! Look, would you two mind continuing this stimulating conversation later? We have so much to say to each other. I thought we would have met at midnight at the wharf. I didn't know you were coming back. Robert insisted on in coming back. Yes, I have one thing left to do. One farewell yet to make. With late. Will the Lady Marianne grant me the favor of this dance? Oh, it will be my pleasure, monsieur. Oh, I shall remember this dance as long as I live, Lady Marianne. Have we danced before, monsieur? Only in my dreams. So you are a dreamer, too. Are you a dreamer, Lady Marianne? Oh, very much of one. And my dream is a very old-fashioned dream, monsieur. It has been the dream of women since time began. In this year of 1792, our conventions have been thrown all askew. And I know I'm out of date when I seek one faith, one faithful mother true. To be really in the fashion today, you must have a dozen moves in your sway. But somehow I don't believe in the modern plan.
come, Lady Marianne. Walk with me in the garden. Do I know you, sir? There is something in your manner that is familiar. And yet, yet it seems to me if we had met before, I would recognize you immediately, no matter what your disguise. Here, through this door, Lady Marianne. Oh, look at that moon, Lady Marianne, a new moon. Turn around and wish over your left shoulder. You too. There. What did you wish? What men always wish for, the impossible, the unattainable. What did you wish for? I think the same as you. Come, take my arm. Let us walk through the garden and pretend that we have walked here every night for, oh, say four months. Why four months? Because then, then you would surely know that the things I want to say to you are not just the pretty compliments one pays a lady at a ball. What are the things that you would say, monsieur? My heart is aching for someone And you are that someone I am intrigued by your story And I believe this is true Oh, monsieur, monsieur, how is it that a stranger can almost seem like the answer to a dream? Is it you I've waited for? Is yours the voice I had almost despaired of hearing? I know the end of your story. But someone is you. Wanting you every day, I am wanting you every night, I am lost. told me that one of my bondsmen was a nobleman, I knew immediately who it was. You are Robert Misson, are you not? Yes, 
Yes, I am, Robert Misson. Thank you, mademoiselle. Thank you. Man, seize this gentleman. Seize Robert Misson. Right, let, 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 ah. let me go. Well, Monsieur Misson, at last. Your ladyship, I am in your debt forever. You have helped me capture one of the most dangerous men in New Orleans. Her ladyship was indeed most clever. Her ladyship is a faithful subject of her king. She received a royal order to assist in the capture of the traitor Robert Misson. Congratulations, mademoiselle. You made a fool of me, and you used my love to betray me. But you just may have betrayed yourself as well. Goodbye, Mistress Marianne. Robert, listen to me. Come, Monsieur Ribot. I am your prisoner. Let's be done with this business. Follow me, men. And be careful that he doesn't escape. Robert! In this world you were all that I In just a moment, the second act of The New Moon will be brought to you by the American Railroads. First, let me ask you this question. Have you ever realized how directly the service of our railroads on the land is connected with the operation of the ships of our Navy at sea? Well, to the men who are responsible for building, maintaining, and operating those ships, the connection is very real and vital. That's why Admiral Louis Denfeld, Chief of Naval Operations of the United States Navy, has pointed out, and I quote, that land transportation is as vital to our Navy as water transportation. And he added, quoting again, most of the land transportation that is so essential to the Navy is performed by the railroads. What is true of the Navy, as described by Admiral Denfeld, is true of every other part of our national defense. And it is equally true of the peacetime commerce by which we all live. For America's basic transportation runs on rails. And now back to The New Moon, starring Nadine Connor, Rudy Valley, and your host, Gordon McRae. Come in. Monsieur Ribot? Yes? The captain of the New Moon sends his compliments. Would like to see you in his cabin. Oh, thank you. I'll come at once. I say, who's singing? The members of the crew, sir. Oh? Here you are, Monsieur Ribot. Go right in. Well... Good day, Monsieur Ribot. Misson, how did you get out of the brig? What are you doing in the captain's quarters? Where is Captain Duval? A regrettable accident in New Orleans just before the ship left port. Something uh, fell on his head. 
And since he was unable to sail, it was decided that I should be captain in his place. Who decided? Why, I decided. I and my crew. Your crew? Yes, every member of the crew that now mans the new moon is a follower of mine, Monsieur Ribot. Why, you pirate, you bandit, without a doubt, this is the most brazen... We're bound for an uninhabited island in the Caribbean, Monsieur Ribot, where we intend to set up a colony. A colony in the Caribbean? Yes. And what do you intend to do about the Lady Marianne? The Lady Marianne? Yes, she's on board this ship. On board this ship? Well, that's impossible. Uh, Captain Duval brought her on board. There had been an understanding between them for some time. They uh, planned to be married in Paris on this trip. Matt? Oh, I see. Yes. So perhaps you'd better return the ship to New Orleans, unless you want your island invaded by Captain Duval and the entire French fleet. First, they'll have to find our island, and I'll take that chance. You may return to your quarters, Monsieur Ribot. I see no need to confine you to the brig. Oh, thank you. Good day, Monsieur Misson. Robert, 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 we're in trouble. Call the stout-hearted, the brave, the fearless. Call everyone. I know. Marianne's on board, Alexander. Rebo just told me. She's on deck with Julie. Come on. What a day. Look at that sea. Oh, it's enough to make a man shiver his timbers. Yes, there they are, all right, standing by the rail. Oh, Julie. Julie, last night... I was blue and high above. The moon was new and so was love. This eager heart of mine was singing. Love, where can you be? You came at last. It's dead. That day is past. You've gone away. This aching heart of mine is singing. Love, come back to me. Remembering every little thing you used to say.
I'm afraid your lover is far from here, Lady Marianne. Oh, Robert! Alexander! Julie! Oh, Alexander! Oh, Julie! Lady Marianne, have you been informed that I am in command of this ship now? You are in command of this ship? Yes. What? what where is Captain Duval? In New Orleans with a slight headache. Oh, no, Robert. He wouldn't go out with another girl so soon. And where is this ship bound? For an island in the Caribbean to found a colony. And uh, you are at complete liberty to start swimming home any time you choose. It must make you feel very triumphant to have won your vengeance against a woman, Monsieur Misson. You are completely contemptible. Good day. Good day, your ladyship. I'll see you later, Alexander. I'm glad you gave her a piece of my mind at last. <laughs> Sadness and bitterness are melancholy companions, Alexander. And they are all she has left me. Love came to me, gay and tender. Love came to me, sweet surrender. Love came to me in bright romantic splendor. Fickle was she, faithful never. Fickle was she, and clever so it was. Passions that thrill love and lift you high to heaven are the passions that kill love and let you fall to hell. So ends the story. Softly as in an evening sunset. I suppose it's a lesson that every man must learn. Alexander. Oh, Alexander, darling. Julie. Oh, Julie, darling. Alexander. Julie. Doesn't life ever get monotonous for you, too? <laughs> Why should it? She's completely wrapped up in me, and so am I. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt this happy scene. <laughs> but I'm afraid I have work for you to do, Alexander. Goodbye for the moment, my heart. My sweet... Oh, I'm such a devil with women. All right, you devil with women. 
Do you think you can bring yourself up to earth enough to call the men on deck for me? I'll be at it at once. Good. I'll have them on deck practically at once. No. 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 No, I don't want her. I don't want her. I'm I'm through with her. No. No, I'm through with her. Dreams are vain. I've awakened to find that love is nowhere near me. In this world, you are all that I adore. Robert, Robert, they're on deck. What? Oh, oh, Alexander. The men are on deck, and the girls, too. They're waiting for you to talk to them. All right, all right. Men! Men, within a few days, we will be at the Isle of Pines. And we will build our homes and set up our government as we have planned. And the Isle of Pines will be the Isle of Free Men. And since we must establish homes, I want every woman on the ship to marry as soon as we land. From now on, you are living in a democracy. As in all governments of free men, the worth of that democracy is up to you, the people who comprise it. All right, to your stations, men. Robert, how can you trick them like that? Sailors, petty officers, bond servants. You know it can't work. It can work, and it will. You'll see that it will work, Marianne. And who am I to marry? Anyone you want. Thank you so much. Good day, Monsieur Misson. Marianne. What do you want? I remember every little thing you used to do. I'm so lonely. Every road I walk along, I've walked along with you. No wonder I am lonely. Bye, Marianne. Just after the first act of tonight's show, we were talking about Admiral Louis Denfeld, Chief of Naval Operations of the United States Navy and what he said about how our Navy's needs lands transportation, most of which is provided by railroads. Looking to the future, the Admiral said, and I quote, 
From the standpoint of national security, the readiness of the railroads is equal in importance to the readiness of the Navy. End of quotation. To meet such a responsibility, to be in readiness for emergency, the railroads have to do their daily jobs as they come along. But they have to do more. They must think ahead, plan ahead, spend ahead for progress and improvement. That's what the railroads have done and are continuing to do. That's why they were able to meet the demands of defense in the Second World War. That's why they are today turning out so much more transportation service than in the years just after the First World War and doing it more dependably and more efficiently. That's why railroads today would be better able to meet the impact of a national emergency than they were nine years ago when war broke out in Europe. But what has been done is not enough. If the railroads are to meet fully the day-by-day -day demands of agriculture, industry, and commerce, and to be found adequate to national needs in a time of crisis, two things are essential. The first is that railroads shall have a chance to secure the materials and equipment needed both for daily operations and upkeep now, and for the improvements and expansion which railroads need to make and want to make for the future. And the second is that railroads shall have a chance to earn revenues in line with today's costs, earnings which will enable them to make the improvements which always will be needed to meet the needs of a growing nation. The Railroad Hour show train will return in just a moment after a brief pause for station identification. Return to the New Moon, starring Nadine Connor, Rudy Valley, and your host, Gordon McRae. Please sit down, Marianne. Monsieur Ribot, I do not know why you have come to my house with Robert Misson, but I. I don't know why you insisted that I come here with you, Monsieur Ribot. Marianne and I have nothing to say to each other. But Marianne is the one unmarried woman on the island. You said every woman must be married. Well, I, I made an exception of her. Oh? It seemed unfair to my men to ask any of them to take her. Thank you for your gallantry, Monsieur Misson. <laughs> you built this cabin for Marianne. Does a man who really hates a woman build a home for her? She had to have a place to live. And after all, it's my fault that she's on the island. <laughs> It's also your fault that I'm on the island, yet you made me build my own cabin. May I ask the meaning of all this, Monsieur Ribot? Yes. I, I want to tell you a story. Oh, now, really... Ribot, I have a great many things to do. No, no, no. This is an important story. Particularly important to me because uh, I am the villain of the piece. Now, once upon a time, not too long ago, a man danced with a girl at a ball. He kissed her. They fell in love. Monsieur Ribot. Monsieur Ribot, yes. That's the name of the villain. An aristocrat, a most despicable fellow. It was he who led the young man to believe that the girl had conspired in his arrest, when all the time that same girl was ready to move heaven and earth to save him. Ribot, is this oh, true? Oh, please. What is the use of telling him now? Marianne, I, I told Robert that you came on board the New Moon to go to France with Captain Duval and marry him there. You did that? It... 
It isn't true? Oh, of course it isn't true. I came on board with Julie to try to help you escape. Marianne. Now, isn't it a pretty story? At the very moment when the boy and the girl thought they were hopelessly apart, they find themselves together on a moonlight night with only one wish now, that the extra gentleman should say good night. Oh. <laughs> and so, good night. Marianne. One kiss, one girl to save it for. One love for her alone. One word, one vow, and nothing more to tell Now at last, this colony will be all that I ever dreamed of. A place for free men to live and be happy. And a home for you and me. Oh, my darling, my darling. What's that? It sounds like everyone is gathering outside. Oh. Hey, Robert, my son? Yes? I am Captain Dijon of the French Navy. Oh, Captain, I am Ribot. I sent you the message to land. I kept Maison occupied so that you could land without risk. He is wanted by the King of France for murder. There is no King of France, Monsieur. There is no King of France? On the 14th of July, Citizen Misson, the lilies of France were replaced by the tricolor. France is a republic. Those of you who wish to remain here under Governor Misson may be citizens in the new republic. Those who wish to follow Ribot and the rest of the aristocrats to the guillotine may fall in line. I, an aristocrat. I, citizen Ribot. <laughs> Are there any other aristocrats on this island? No, only this one, who is my promised wife. Yes, citizeness Marianne Misson. You are to be his wife, mademoiselle? His wife, his follower, his love. That heaven I'm dreaming of. Oh, Alexander, darling. Oh, Julie, darling. Alexander. Julie. Alexander. Look, darling, the moon is new. Turn your back on it and wish. Oh, darling, I have everything I could wish for now. Wanting you. Nothing else in this world will do. In this 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. And this is Gordon McRae giving a special vote of thanks to our guest stars, Miss Nadine Connor and Mr. Rudy Valley, and to Joe Kern, Sandra Gould, and Paul Fries for their fine performances in our production of The New Moon with book and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II, Frank Mandel, and Lawrence Schwab with music by Sigmund Romberg and adapted for radio by Miss Jean Holloway. Well, next week our star-studded show train will arrive on the same tracks at the same time. And on board will be William Bendix, Doris Day, and Joan Edwards to join me in bringing you George Gershwin's Girl Crazy with our chorus under the direction of Norman Luboff and the music arranged and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Looks as though we're ready to pull out. So until next week, goodbye. New Moon has been presented by special arrangement with the Tams Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae appeared on this program by arrangement with Warner Brothers. This is Marvin Miller speaking. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by 132 railroads of the United States. Each one of them has its own operations and services. Each one competes keenly with others for business. But all of them work together through the Association of American Railroads for the improvement of all railroading and for better service to you. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.